And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me on the phone line today is Pastor John Vance. And John, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, you know it's my delight, particularly this time of the year. Uh, I'm wonderful uh, looking forward to Christmas and uh, family and gatherings. Uh, and also people who have the opportunity to listen to Redeemer and get the right focus on Christmas. <laughs> It is an exciting time of the year, and uh, I I fail miserably. I'll, I'll admit it. I get caught up in um, the preparation, you know, for broadcast and the newsletter and this and that and the other thing and an off-air emergency and all of that. And then, um, then all of a sudden, Christmas comes and goes <laughs> because I've been too busy. So anyway, it's it's an honor to have you on today and. To, to think about this season of Advent, um, one, of, one of the most significant things on, on the calendar is the coming of Jesus. So um, at a high level, can you get us started talking about Advent, Pastor John Vance? Advent, uh, you mentioned the busyness of the season. Uh, Advent began probably back as early as the 4th century, even as maybe uh, earlier roots, of course. But what we could trace fourth and fifth century when people began to mention it, but it was a time of preparation. They really slowed down. They didn't get as busy as we did. They slowed down mm. and started uh, anticipating Christmas with prayers and fasting. In some places, uh, they, they kind of had forty days, like Lent. Uh, you know, Jesus being in the mm-hmm. wilderness forty days, and the people wandering for forty years. Uh, so 40 was an important number, but it settled down uh, somewhere a little later on uh, to be uh, four weeks before Christmas, four Sundays before Christmas. So so Advent has been celebrated a very long time in the Christian Church, and it's been part of the Christian ca- uh, 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 calendar. And uh, a few weeks ago, we had a, a, little boy, a couple little boys in church to light the Advent candle on the first Sunday of Advent. <laughs> it really begins the Christian year. Uh, the Christian year doesn't begin on New Year's, January 1st. It begins on the first Sunday of Advent, mm. uh, as far as the Christian calendar goes. Yeah. We're still continuing the tradition of an Advent candle in our church, um, which you had going when you were a pastor there. And so um, it's kind of nice to see different families come up and read something pertaining to Advent and light the candle, and it's a, it's a nice touch. Um, Jesus, let's talk about him. Um, he's, uh, he's more than just a baby, but he was a baby. Can we talk about that, that infant, Jesus? Well, Advent certainly is a celebration of Jesus coming as a babe in a manger. Uh, as, as the creed says, God in human flesh, uh, light from light, God from God. But he came as a weak and helpless babe, uh, dependent upon a mother and a father. And he came to, uh, of course, uh, that first Christmas. And when exactly that was, we don't know, but we celebrated on December 25th. And he, and he came, of course, uh, to save us from our sins, Emmanuel, God with us, to save us from our sins and to 
uh, bring us eternal light. And I, I ordered my uh, Christmas cards. I'm going to work on that after the program t- uh, <laughs> uh, today. I'm going to work on my Christmas cards, uh, write a letter. I, I have time to do that now that I'm retired. When I was uh, at Westminster, I had no time to write a Christmas card. Oh. I was so busy during this time of the year. But uh, he, he came as light in a dark world. And on the front of my Christmas card, there is a light. And that light has come into the world. And that's really what uh, we celebrate and look forward to at Christmas. Uh, the world is dark enough, but we have a light, a beaming light that has come into the world to light not just simply Christian's pathway, but every person's pathway, mm. as the Scripture says. And that means that we would be much worse off without that light. Everyone would be. Uh, can you imagine what the world would be if the Christ had not come the first time without sin and the salvation? No, I can't possibly imagine. Um, this is important. Um, we um, sometimes think, oh, I've got it so hard. <laughs> and some of us do. Uh, some of you folks out there do have it very hard. Perhaps you've lost a loved one. Um, and yet I, I also think back to a time not too long ago um, during World War One, World War Two when the entire world, as it seems, was in a terrible uproar and much bloodshed was occurring. And so, um, um, yeah, I have a hard, but I don't have it as hard as many uh, right now. Um, This light of Jesus makes an awfully big difference. Sometimes we fall into the trap, if I may call it that, of of looking too far ahead. And, and of course, we know that Jesus will return someday. Um, and yet he makes a tremendous difference right now. Um, you ask the question, what would it be like if Jesus had not come? It would be an absolute mess. There was a, an old movie, uh, perhaps you remember it, uh, where the theme was, uh, here is this man... He's in banking, and uh, the bank has some problems. It loses some money. He goes looking for it, and he almost gets to the point of taking his own life. But prior to this point, he had helped many, many people uh, secure a house, and they were inclined to earn their way and pay for that house, etc. And uh, the name of it was It's a Wonderful Life. And at some point, (laughs) it's all fictional, and yet it was educational because this angel comes and says, okay, you want to see what it would be like if you weren't born? And so uh, he he takes this gentleman, um, you know, again, fictional, to another time where he wasn't born, if you will, and it was an absolute mess. Just one life can make a difference. And yet when we're talking about Jesus, that difference is multiplied into thousands and millions of of lives worldwide. What a difference he makes. Oh, my. It, it, that's Jimmy Stewart, by the way. He played that. I never yeah. uh, saw the movie. Uh, but my daughters, when they were kids, they would look at it every Christmas growing up. <laughs> they made sure that they watched it. It's a wonderful life. So I got glimpses of it through the years, uh, watching, uh, going by, watching my yeah. daughters a little bit, watch the movie. Uh, yes, that's a wonderful... Uh, movie. Uh, can you imagine, though, what the world would be like without Christ? He no, is the light of the world. We would not have 
the science that we have because he illumines the mind regardless mm. of the person. We, we've had great scientific discoveries. We've had great medical advances. Can you imagine we've gone from the Civil War where there was no penicillin, they just cut your leg off That's right. or your arm off on the battlefield to where today uh, they knock you out, you don't know that you've had surgery even. That's right. So th- it's, it's an amazing uh, thing. We live in, in, in many ways a, a blessed time, even though we may feel at times we're beset by every kind of evil, and in many ways we are, but we also live in a glorious time. You know, the other aspect of Advent, of course, is is that he's coming at the end of history. Yes. And, and, and that will... Uh, that light will shine, and finally, at the end of history, it comes for judgment to set everything right and give comfort that maybe in this life we don't always get. Mm-hmm. He wraps everything up according to his own uh, power and glory and will. And so Advent is, 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 has a, a far look and a close look, mm. uh, a close look at the coming of Jesus as our Savior and a far look as coming at the end of history. For judgment, but in the world we have between the two comings, we have the uh, many tribulations. And mm-hmm. you spoke of uh, World War One and World War Two. What the World War Two generation was called the Great Generation, and just simply from listening to stories from my uncles who came back from the war and relatives, you know, I, I'm I'm old enough to remember uh, have some memories at the end of the war. Mm. And uh, of World War Two, and my uncle's coming home. One was in hospital for a year uh, from from his wounds. He came back, and and I can remember some of my earliest memories. Him standing before my grandfather. I was at the house there, and in his uniform, and he had been in the hospital a year, and he suffered mightily uh, at the hands of uh, uh, in Germany mm. at the hands of the enemy. Yes. So yes. Many, many, many trials, and we have to remember that we're not the only ones going through trials. Past people have gone through enormous trials because they had hope in that light that is Christ. That's right. That's right. Well, today we're talking with Dr. John Vance, the former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York, now living in West Virginia, and he also happens to be a board member here at Redeemer Broadcasting. And he helps um, provide a steady hand here at the ministry. And we appreciate his input. And um, I don't know what we would do without it. Now, um, there's also something kind of neat, and that is you had shared with me that you have a new grandchild. Um, new life is a wonderful thing. And um, the ultimate new life is when... Um, the Holy Spirit awakens us. God is um, becomes real to us, and the new birth takes place. But let's talk first of all about a little baby. Um, not this time Jesus, but just the human side of um, the joy and thrill of having a little one. We're kind of a little bit old to have... Uh grandchildren at our age, uh, but that's the way life fell out for us. <laughs> we have a new little uh, granddaughter born December 6th, and uh, her name is, uh, will be Greta. I mean, she has a, Margaret is her, really a first name, but we'll call her Greta. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, you know, it's amazing how helpless a newborn is. If, if an animal, for instance, on the, the African plains uh, has uh, a baby, let's say an antelope, mm-hmm. they're up and running with the herd within hours. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how quickly they have to get with it, or otherwise there wouldn't be any antelopes. The, the lions and the True. big cats would take them all. But they're up and running with the herd. But a human baby takes a very long time, and it's very long time dependent upon its parents yeah. and upon care of adults. And I, I, I think about that, and I thought about that, and I thought about Jesus. You know, uh, Christmas also includes Mary and Joseph. They yes. took care of this one who was the most precious gift that anyone could possibly receive. Hmm. And, uh, but he was dependent upon his parents. Uh, there's a Christmas carol uh, th- that I like by John Rutter. It's called the Don- Donkey Carol. I don't know what most people may not have heard that or heard of John Rutter. But here it's a carol about the donkey carrying Jesus and what that meant, how 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 he was so dependent all the way up. Yes. Uh, not on his parents, but even on a donkey carrying them. Uh, that that is amazing. So yeah. yes, a, a baby is helpless, yeah. and, and we have the opportunity to form them and help them grow and into something that no animal could possibly be. Mm. Christmas time. Um, sometimes um, people kind of poo-poo it. They look down on it and they say, "Oh, you you guys are Christians. You're not supposed to celebrate Christmas." Have you ever heard that? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. I have. It's sad, but it's hard to dissuade people who come to a certain conviction like that. Sure. They miss out on so much of what is uh, good uh, about the season. Yeah, right. Um, We changed over to Christmas music um, just a little bit after the first of the year. I think it was December the 2nd. We've been airing Christmas music here at the network, and uh, it's... It's beautiful, beautiful words many times in these old carols. Uh, I love them. I think most of our listeners just adore them. They they love them very much. And what's nice, it only comes um, for one month during the year, so the, the songs have a certain freshness to them. You haven't heard them in quite a while. <laughs> um, in the church, uh, it's delightful to hear the carols. Uh, you recall how it is. It, even though it was a lot of work, tremendous amount of work at Westminster, I know that you went through, um, it was also a joyful time. And the the bells, you know, the handbell choir, and the choral works, uh, music is very important, isn't it, in our celebration of Christmas? Well, we spoke of the light of Christ. That's part of the blessing of that light. It's great music. And it brings such a joy. Uh, there's a famous composer, I won't mention his name, who said that uh, he was an unbeliever, basically. But when he composed Christian music, he always found himself believing in Christ. Mm. Now, that's a strange way of saying things, but it does tell you the power of music as a way to convey the message yeah. that God came into the world through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Now, um Jesus was born a babe, and he comes very helpless, um, and yet he has um, 
a specific mission. Uh, I was I was riding in in the car the other day with our granddaughter, and we talked very briefly about Jesus, how that he was he didn't ever do wrong. I try to put it in words that she would understand, and so. In some ways, it's hard to almost imagine or relate because everything we know in my own life, I constantly fail, and other people fail me. And so, uh, but here is one who never sinned. It's an amazing fact. Yes, it is. Uh, He's the spotless Lamb of God, as the scriptures put it. And uh, that he had to endure the the uh, the abuse that he did, uh, particularly at the end of his life at the hands of sinners. It's amazing that God would, in Christ, would become so humble that he would subject subject himself to that sort of thing. But that does show you the love of God. Yeah, um, the, the, the the love of God is so great, and it's so he's so much for us if God. Can, is for you. Who can be against you? He came into the world to express and to give us that love that we might be new human beings in Christ. Yes, it is an amazing story, and it is a story that actually is the only possibility of having hope in the world ultimately and finally. It reminds me of something. Uh, there's a portion in Scripture where um, the statement is, uh, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Um and that plays out, too, in the life of Jesus. Um, it's, a, it's a mystery, certainly, how that God orders all things, and yet uh, human beings freely uh, injured the Lord Jesus Christ to the point of taking his life. Um, it, it's like we don't see it all until we're on the other side looking back and say, Oh, that's what was going on then. <laughs> that, that, that just thrills me to, to think about that. Well, God did not create evil, but evil is a fact uh, in our world. Uh, yeah. uh, it arose out of the human will. But the interesting thing is that God's plan is so, if you will, so above us, so sophisticated, that he has uh, uh, factored uh, into his plan evil, and that he will conquer it, and he will not defeat him. And he can carry on his plan of salvation, regardless of the opposition that opposes him, as, as it says in the Old Testament, none can stay his hand. And I think the verse you quoted might be in the passage concerning Daniel, I'm not, I mean, uh, 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 who was it? Uh, uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph. Yes. Uh, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And and as Joseph was the way in which he was preparing to take care of his brothers and father during a famine, wow, how much God has done for us in Christ to prepare us uh, for everything that we will face in life because of him. He is the bread of heaven. <laughs> well, I hope folks are enjoying this time of year, and yes, it is very busy, and yes, there are things that we grieve over and hurt very deeply over. Um, yet, I hope somehow, for those, particularly those who are grieving and are lonely and are sick, maybe, during this season, that somehow 
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ becomes real to you. Um, Pastor, you're, you've seen many uh, that are hurting. Any words of encouragement for those who have lost so much and yet have a hope in Jesus? Uh, I know a pastor in this area who lost two children in his life and his wife. Uh, he's from North Carolina. He moved here and took a church. And I've gotten to know him recently, and he, he has lost two children. And this is a very devout, faithful man, and he suffered mightily. So when he preaches, you know that he's been where you have been at your worst day. Mm. And it is the love of God and the hope that he has in Christ that keeps him going. In fact, he preached a sermon recently that I heard that was marvelous along these lines. Hmm. And and uh, every, every it's important to remember that in Advent we do we do look for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ a second time without sin and unto salvation. That uh, it is at that time we will begin to. You see things in a different light, the <laughs> light of Christ in his fullness. Yeah. And and uh, we will see that, as Paul says, these are momentary things, though they hurt us immensely mm. uh, at the time that they are happening. Uh, America's going through a very cataclysmic time in our culture. It is. And, and a lot of people are grieving over that, and I am. I grieve over the fact that... Uh, uh, we're suffering so much that it's a fight uh, between globalists and those who love their country. Mm. It's a fight between those who love Christian truth, the Judeo-Christian tradition, its values, and what it's made for our country, and for those who are nihilists who would destroy it because they've been attracted and deceived uh, into believing secular Marxist doctrines. Uh, it, it's a time when people are confused over their sexuality and, and, and gender fluidity, which is total, total nonsense. And, and, and we grieve over this, so what's happening in our schools and what's happening even in our military, what we hear reports. But it is a time like this that it's very important that we remember who we are in the light of what God has done for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And in a real sense, it's all summed up at Christmas and Advent, which he has come into the world the first time so that we might be greeted with eternal salvation in its fullness at the second coming of Christ. Amen. Can a Christian have um, assurance that he is he or she is in the Savior's hand, or, or must they doubt until the last minute? You know, that's a good question. I do meet Christians uh, in spite of the the clear gospel message and Paul's assurance that his spirit witnesses it with our spirit that we are children of God. All, uh, the blessed assurance of knowing Christ at every moment of your life, that he, he knows you and loves you. As John Calvin, the great reformer, says, uh, faith is believing. Uh, that God's hand is open to you and benevolent toward you. And one of those benevolent gifts is the assurance that God is for us and not against us, and that we are his children. Mm. And that is a gift of the Holy Spirit as he in, 
he encourages us and assures us that we belong to him. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. The new birth is a gift. It's miraculous. And this assurance from him is also a gift. It's a well, gift. Well, that's about, um, our, I think we're out of time. So any last words before we go? Today we're talking with Pastor John Vance. We started off talking about Advent, and Advent has a, uh, it's a time of preparation for celebration of Christmas. But uh, it gives us a, a twofold vision, and I think this is the value of being a Christian. Number one, we have a forward look uh, as we go through life. We look forward to things. And, and the reason that we can look forward is because of hope and the hope that we have in Christ. But it's also an upward look. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. We should not forget that Christ is coming the second time. The first two weeks of Advent focus on the second coming of Christ, and the second two weeks usually focus on the first coming, Christmas. It's interesting that the Old Testament, the first and second coming of Christ, are not separated, as we know in time that it is between the first and second coming. But when we think of Christ's first coming, we also should think of his second coming. And when we think of his second coming, we should also think of his first coming, (laughs) for they are tied together as bookends. And uh, it is in that parenthesis, if you will, that we have all of our hope in this world. Amen. Our guest today has been Dr. John Vance, former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York, now living in West Virginia. And Pastor Vance, we wish you a very happy Christmas, as they say in Britain, and that the Lord's blessing rest upon you and yours. Thank you, and the same for you and the listening audience. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.